Previously on Follow the Leader. Today we're playing Lady Winter by Jim Pinto, game 48 in the Protocol series from Post-World Games. For those of you who are new to this game and system, here are the basics. Lady Winter is a story role-playing game about the land of Fae and the mysteries of the unknown. As druids, Fae, Seed, witches and all manner of creatures prepare for the arrival of Lady Winter, the sky grows dark and the air cold. Characters take on the role of community leaders charged with bringing gifts to Lady Winter, in the hope that she bestows kindness upon them. But Lady Winter is fickle and her temper unpredictable. Will she bring salvation, or will she toy with the land of myth until the thaw of spring? White as snow, cold as death, Lady Winter comes. Low to those who refuse to bow before the coming tempest. Alright, so in Lady Winter, we're taking on the roles of community leaders from the land of myth. Uh, each has been tasked with bringing gifts to Lady Winter in the hope that his or her gift will win the lady's favour. If she finds them deserving, she will spare them from from Winter's wrath. Otherwise, ominous ellipses. I'm playing Miva Nanathari. Her role is elf. And her look is verdant, sylvan, and lithe. She's a plant elf. The role the elf says, elf, not the same as she... An elf embodies grace and immortality, though lacks the raw power of Lady Winter. My name is Kazdelian Hrothgar, King of All Goblins. Uh, my look is towering, regal, and hirsute. I am the bug bear. Uh, and my description uh, in the roles is thus. Recently crowned by the 13 great goblin tribes, the goblin king has the most to gain by earning Lady Winter's favor and the most to lose by earning her wrath. I'm a big, hairy bear man. <laughs> um, and my character is Tala Sing- uh, Sigrain. Uh, it uses they-them pronouns, not the-them, as I have written. Uh, their role is the druid, and their look is earthy, both in the palette, color palette sense and in sort of the personality sense, uh, broad and weathered. And the role of the druid is humanity's main connection to the world of magic and the fae. Druids speak to the wild like no human can. The druid is forever tied to Father Autumn, the master of the hunt, the white stag, and the witch. Um, do we have the, 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 the tribe, the goblin tribes have an enemy specifically? Mm. Maybe it's the Knight of the Realm. We now return to your game already in progress.
So, okay, so how, uh, so the order, it says the order is not important. We can decide to take turns in any random order, clockwise order, or even bid to the next director. Make sure everyone's involved and no one directs two times in a row. Do we want to just go in the order that we've established? Yeah. So it's your turn now. It's, oh no, it's my turn now. So draw two cards, one for scene and one, one for the location. One for scene and one for location. All right. There are handouts for those in Roll20 also. Yes. Oh, nice. The scene is the king of uh, diamonds, which just means something wild. Let's find out where their location is. The location is the Jack of Spades. So these are very... You're going to see. So the king of diamonds is an interrogation in which the harvester of souls beckons. Jesus Christ. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And the location is the altar of winter with a glance from heaven to earth. I love these prompts. So that's the kind of shit we're working with. Mm-hmm. Very sexy, very cool. I'm into it. <laughs> so, so what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of description at the bottom of uh, each of these handouts. Yeah, yeah. Just to, to to give a vibe while we all scramble desperately and go, what does that mean? Uh, the, so the Harvester of Souls can take many forms and should be unique each time it appears, which is cool. Uh, that's the, the same thing uh, for Lovers, Madmen, and Seething Brains, as well as a Herald of Winter. All, those three things all have that asterisk next to them. So we want to explain what a interrogation is. Yes, an interrogation are a complicated but varied approach to scene framing. There are a number of ways to direct an interrogation scene. The core concept is that the director asks up to five questions to another player. Uh, the director selects one player, steals one drama point from the, that player, and asks the question of the five questions. That's uh, method one. Uh, method two is uh, the director selects one player. That character takes in the role of an NPC of the director's choosing. Uh, the director then asks that player up to five questions. The director may ask the questions from the point of view of an NPC or his own character. This process should feel organic. However, the interrogation may be out of character as well, in which case the director asks the questions in an abstract fashion as though going down a list. Regardless, the questions could be anything fitting the theme of the card drawn. Uh, the player being interrogated cannot say no, nor can they avoid answering the question. If a leading question paints the character into a corner, all the better. Wild. Is either of the methods speaking to you particularly? I ask the questions, avoid yes, no questions, or questions that can reduce to short answers. What and why questions are great? Did or can questions are not? Why are you waiting for reinforcements? Wild. Crazy. This game is, has so much going on. <laughs> is anything, is anything like speaking to me? I. I like to steal points. <laughs> Let's game the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to think of five questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just making notes of this in our doc- in our in our document, so uh-huh. we can keep tabs on on what's uh, gone before. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna oh, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a little polygon line here, and I'm gonna. Tick in one of my scenes. Uh, okay. So, I think 
that I'm going to steal a drama point from Tala the Druid. So, And I'm going to ask that player up to five questions. Okay. Can't believe you stole one of my points. I did steal one of your points. <laughs> so, the Harvester of Souls beckons to Tala. Um, what shape does the Harvester of Souls take? Okay. And we're, in, we're at the Altar of Winter. The Altar of Winter with a glance from heaven to earth, which I think means that we are at the top of an extremely tall tower of ice. Mm. Hmm. So maybe, like, the Altar of Winter is where the la- the queen, the whatever her name is, the Lady of the Lady, Lady Winter, la- the Lady Winter will arrive when she arrives. But until then, it is just an altar with an empty throne. Mm-hmm. And people go like there, like daily to check it, basically to like, is she here yet? Mm, is she here yet? Uh, just to keep track. And you go to check on one day, and mm-hmm. she is not here. But there is a huge tower or not even a tower it's just a set of stairs hmm. uh, a spiral staircase open to the air where at the bottom a um uh the harvester of souls beckons you forward and i think right now the harvester of souls is a farmer all right uh, a, a true harvestman Mm-hmm. With a with a sickle uh, and a sheaf of grain, nice. Who, who bids you follow it up the spirals mm-hmm. uh, until until you can see with a glance from heaven to earth. All right. So the first question that you are asked is, "How did your predecessor die?" Hmm. See, I was originally thinking old age, but that feels hella dull. Um, and I want to think of something more interesting. Hmm. Uh, a great mist rolled in off the sea. Or we thought it was going to. It rolled up onto the beach and came in no further. And so my predecessor went to investigate one of the most learned of our people. Uh, stepped into the mist and was never seen again. The mist rolled out. And they were gone. And no one ever saw them again. Nobody was ever discovered. But nature took them. Why do you believe that that was nature? Hmm. As opposed to... Anything else? (laughs) The unnatural? The arcane? The eldritch? Hmm. It didn't smell of magic. It didn't carry the taint of something untoward. My predecessor went, seemingly, of their own free will. It it didn't call to them. And nothing ill followed it. It just... It obeyed the law of nature as it rolled in and rolled out. The only strange thing was that it didn't advance any further than the beach. And uh, it took the predecessor. Ooh, and Elijah. Uh, okay. 
why did you accept the position of their replacement? I'm imagining that this is the uh, Harvestman actually asking these questions because mm-hmm. I know it's the direct you, the director, asking me j- as Jake the player. Oh yeah, no, it's the it's the Harvestman asking the questions for sure. The Harvester of Souls, the, mm-hmm. the, the Grim Reaper. Uh Talos smiles a little. Well, firstly, I know the Red Court. I know its customs. I know the arrival of the lady I have been born witness before. But also an opportunity to see faces I might not otherwise. Indeed. Two more questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> faces you might not otherwise. The the harvester kind of like raises an eyebrow. <laughs> What do you hope to gain out of seeing these faces? Hmm. Perhaps sentiment. Perhaps it's sentiment. Perhaps a chance to feel less burdened by the responsibilities I have now. I think it's not something they had considered before. Mm-hmm. As to what what are you going to get out of seeing them again? It's just like I don't know. <laughs> There is an alliance in the works at this court uh, between Winter and Nicolette, or between two of your former connections. How do you feel about that? It is the way of politics for connections to be forged and upheld. But it is the way of nature for things to break down. Nothing is forever. No, it isn't. Uh, and the tower melts. Dope. Uh, while you're standing on it, you don't fall. It melts uh, and like takes you to the ground like an elevator. Fucking sick. I love it. That rules. That's my scene. All right. My turn. Oh, two eights. Cool. Uh, so the scene, which is the Eight of Hearts, uh, is an interlude with crowns, scepters, giants, and tyrants. And uh, let me be clear: that scene, this interlude, is between you two. That's how <laughs> interludes work. Fun. And the location is. Uh, the tower as torchlights flicker. Interludes involve two and only two characters with a pre-existing relationship, but neither character needs to be the director's. The director sets the scene based on the cards drawn. The scene runs as long as the director likes without being self-indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> um, calling scene when the characters have said or done enough. An interlude involves only one location. Should the characters leave the location or reach a moment of conflict, the scene ends. All players not involved in the scene gain one drama point at the end of the interlude. So in this case, nobody would because unless I was playing, unless I chose to be one of the characters in it, Mm -hmm. which I ain't gonna. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a scene between uh, Kazdalian and Miva. 
who, uh, as we've established, uh, what was share a relationship of what was the definite? How do you guys define that? What was the card? Uh, a romantic dominion. <laughs> <laughs> I do not get tired of hearing that. Uh, so. That's interesting because some of these, uh, I'm just reading the example here, like imply that the lady has already arrived. Uh, but I like that we've got the vibe that she could show up at any minute and it's not like her showing up ends it because like it'll be interactions with her can, can be a thing mm -hmm. if need be. So. All right. All right. All right. Um, so yeah, crowns, scepters, giants and tyrants as the, uh, as the value. Of the scene. Round scepters, giants, and tyrants. See, that just feels very apt given what the whole deal is between you two anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this tower as torchlights flicker. It's autumn, obviously, so it gets dark pretty early. Mm -hmm. Um I feel this is just one of it says it says the tower. So maybe like this is like the uh center structure or mm. uh, rises up above uh the the red court mm -hmm. uh this structure of wood and stone and metal like elements of all of humanity and of magic and of the wild brought together it's a place of true neutrality so all can walk its halls uh, and yeah torchlights uh, are flickering away so, advice. Interludes are mostly about the drama between two characters. Uh, while interludes can be used to advance the plot, this is secondary to the interpersonal actions and reactions of the characters. Uh, let them explore the relationship in the context of the scene's focus. So, what's interesting is that there are no NPCs in interlude unless someone spends a drama point to include one. Um, I can spend one... Um, Oh, that would have been characters that don't have a pre-existing relationship. Um, or to add an NPC. Players can, uh, spend a drama point to join an interlude, uh, or two to join the interlude as an NPC, or, uh, to spend a drama, uh, to end the interlude early, or to extend it after the director decides to cut. So that's mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So, um, what a, so, you're still the director, so you're still framing the scene. Uh, it is between the two of us, but and we're in the tower. But like, okay, not, <laughs> night has fallen. I know that much. And there's a a chill in the air. Like that prospect of Lady Winter's arrival means that there is that biting chill, which probably doesn't bother um, Castellian very much, being the very fuzzy person mm. uh, that he is. But I imagine uh, for Meva, it's much more uncomfortable. Yeah. She's definitely a tropical flower. <laughs> uh, so, hmm, trying to think. One of you is going. I say one is going to the other. I'm trying to decide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the thing. What kind of um, contingent like did did Casdelian mm -hmm. travel with? How many people? Revenue. There's the word I was looking for. Re uh, uh, retinue. 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 Revenue is how much money I made. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, my retinue, uh, my entourage, um, probably some goblins, uh, who are, like, here as, like, not toadies, but as, like, just general servants, 
uh, a pair of hobgoblins as my um, actual like guards, mm-hmm. um, and one like troll mm-hmm. uh, to to display that while I'm the king of all goblins, there are more than just goblins within my within my kingdom. Mm-hmm. Nice. I also just go without them half the time. Sure. Uh, because I am Kazillion Hrothgar, and there is no being living or dead that can conquer me. Alrighty. Okay, uh, I'm afraid the scene. The two of you meet in a hallway, having both been going to find the other. Kazillion having left uh, his retinue behind mm-hmm. and is alone. I'm sure there's like a bit of slapstick comedy of that where they are all like they're constantly trying to find me. That's hilarious and good. Yes, I love that. Yeah, how does somebody so big get lost so easily? I got uh, got soft foot pads. (laughs) I make no noise when I walk. Nice. Yeah, so we're like maybe there's like a bit we're in a tower, but maybe there's a balcony, like big window. With the with the with the chill of the of the autumn air blows in. Uh what does um Miva look like? What's, what's her like I would say mm-hmm. she's probably on top of all of the like, you know, petals and leaves that make up her body, but also her outfit. She's probably wearing some kind of like very heavy fur something. She's fucking chilly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's real cold. Um and it's not even winter yet. It's still fall. But um, if it is nighttime, then her there are sort of veins on her skin that are glowing softly, sort of purplish. Mm-hmm. Um, her eyes are like glowing brightly. And she's just sort of, she's not like looking around or anything. She's just sort of like standing on the balcony and looking out at the palace. Cool. Uh, and as established, I make no noise when I step. Which means the first thing you hear is my voice. This is Lady Nemathari. It's been too long. She's like, ah! Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, I am wearing a beautiful uh, royal blue like jacket uh, with gold piping. Um, in breeches, I don't wear, wear boots because my feet are so cold, are so soft, uh, as to make no noise and fuzzy. Uh, uh, in addition, I am wearing a huge fur cape made from the pelt of a bear, of a, of a, of a, a huge bear that I defeated in combat. Nice. And I have an Wait, elf sword. You say a bear. You're a bugbear. I'm a bugbear. This thing was like a, like a cave bear. Okay, I was like, was this like a sentient being that you were wearing the pelt of? Or? No, no, it was. I mean, it could have been some sort of mythic bear, but like, but not, it was a bear. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> it, was a, it was a bear, bear. Okay, I'd say Miva's wearing some sort of like soft, very soft pelts. Like bears' pelts are very like coarse and like rough. She's wearing like something like fox fur or mink, where mm. it's very like very soft and and she's bundled up, like she mm. looks cold. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like a wool skirt. She looks a little out of place wearing, like, clothing, if yeah, that makes sense. Sure. You know, the clothing is a very strange contrast to the rest of her, which is all very organic, like, looks like it grew out of her body. Mm-hmm. But she sort of is, like, very freaked out. She's like, I didn't, 
I didn't hear you come in. Um, goodness gracious. Nobody ever does. Um, yes, well, well, um, what brings you, um, what brings you up to this, uh, tower? Sightseeing. Uh, are you all right? You look pretty cold. Uh, I am not built for this sort of weather. Let me put it that way. Right. She sort of, like, bundles herself a little he, tighter in. He, like, he, like, like reaches and, like, feels, like, the, the, the thickness of your fur coat. Like, this is not going to do anything. Here. Uh, and he takes off this gigantic <laughs> fur cape and just <laughs> puts it around your shoulders. She, like... And it's, like, thir- it's like 30 pounds, yeah. Yeah, she's, like... <laughs> She's like a crouched or like hunched over now from how heavy it is. She's like, oh, well, um, uh, because Zellian is like I eight think... feet tall. Oh my god, the good ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is good shit right here. Mm-hmm. Um, she is like drowning in this cloak. She's like, she's a little warmer because it's also like part of me wants to be like, do plant people even produce their own body heat? Mm-hmm. Bugbears <laughs> um, definitely do. <laughs> And so this Bugbears is a, definitely do. This is a, so it's a definitely warmed warmer. cloak. Yeah. I was like, oh. yeah. And he like, he's like, stands there and like, he, he like lifts the cloak so that the weight is in his hand, but the, it's like <laughs> still wrapped around you. <laughs> this is adorable. Oh, thank you. Of course. Thank you very much. This might, this might work more as a blanket. Maybe there's a lounge around you could sit on instead of standing <laughs> here where the wind will bite at your blood. Yes, um, quite. Um, why don't we find somewhere a little more, uh, cozy? Out of the wind to talk. Out of the wind, right, yes. Yes. Because <laughs> she wasn't, she was gonna be like, let's find somewhere more private to talk. And then she was like, let's not say that. That's, that sounds like I'm inviting a completely different vibe than what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And he said cozy. She's not sure how she feels about this marriage yet, mm-hmm. but, oh, that's an interesting thing. Maybe she decided she had to come and arrive first because she wanted to meet her betrothed, mm-hmm. like, properly. Are we betrothed? I thought he was still, like, trying to, like, get that stuff. Oh, is he still trying to get that? That's interesting, too. Yeah, because he he's a brand new king. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is, like, he's not a politician. He is a, he is that, he is... A former warlord who, like, brought together 13 warring tribes. Interesting. And I like the idea that Miva's also some kind of, like, magic warrior, almost. Like, she's very, very skilled in elemental magic. You got that thing where, like, f- like armor made of, like, made of magic appears around you, and you got, like, a sword yeah. and shield made of magic. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, her arms just sometimes are just, like, wreathed in flame. Totally. You'd think she'd be better at dealing with the cold, given that, but no, she's stupid also, so she doesn't really think about it. It's magic flame. It doesn't have heat. It might. It certainly burns other things. But yes. So she's like, but she's also, you know. So are you, do you think you're in talks with Miva's family about this proposed? I don't think that I know that that is what you should do. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> that's actually very funny. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's like, if you want to marry someone, you should talk to the person you're trying to marry, right? Yeah, that makes sense to me. All right. 
Well, she is appreciative of this cloak and a little taken aback by mm. everything else about this very, very big boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's let's get somewhere a little warmer. Um, yes, I I would appreciate that very much. And I think because we've moved locations, that's the end of our scene. Oh, I guess it could be. Mm. I think we have to stay in the same location. It could be a room in the tower. It'll be a room in the tower. Torchlight continues to flicker. It's true. Torchlight does continue to flicker. Mm-hmm. All right. We can continue. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's bundled up in the cloak. Maybe finds, like, a, a big chair. Like, a big, like... An, an, an armchair? Yeah. Just, just nest in with this huge cloak? Yeah. <laughs> Sam, I cannot wait for you to draw this flower elf <laughs> in a big armchair. Just, like, wrapped up. Like a burrito. Yup. That's exactly what's going to happen as soon as I can restart my computer because my tablet's fucked up right now. Mm, nah. <laughs> and the, like, Hrothgar is like, uh, or Kazdelian, Hrothgar is his last name. They're both names. Uh, is like lean, is like kneeling down and like putting cords of wood on a fireplace and looking around for a match. Very domestic. They, they don't have flint and steel here. If he's, he's looking for a match, Neva just sort of snaps. And it catches flame. Holy shit. I mean... <laughs> in, impressive. She, she giggles sort of demurely, a lot more demurely than my original cackle. Um, <laughs> that is quite impressive, milady. Um, thank you. I, I, I do happen to be, um, in my own home, a warrior of some renown. A warrior? Impressive. I, uh, as well, am a warrior. I am aware. And he, he, uh, just draws his sword. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is a, uh... Draws a sword, huh? Yes, Jesus. Samwise, behave. <laughs> it seemed to. We have rules in this podcast. <laughs> They're called lines. It is a, um, is a sword with a gold, like, wrapped hilt... Or no, a silver wrapped hilt, uh, and silver like cross guard, and the the blade is just like white, like moonlight. Uh, and he says, "I actually took this sword from an elf knight who tried to kill my family. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a whole bunch of them when I was young. Served me well. Elves, good cross people. Uh, thank you." She's a little taken aback by this. She's like, I don't know how to respond to this. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's it's very, it's I've used it my entire life and it had my entire career as a warrior and it's never broken once. So that's, it's good. That's good stuff. Mm, yes, we, um, we else do happen to be particularly, she's just like, uh, am I in danger here? <laughs> We're particularly, um. Because has fucking no idea. Killed craftsman. She's like sitting here wrapped in his cloak, like, Am I about to die? <laughs> <laughs> and he is truly just like he doesn't even realize that like saying, Oh yeah, an elf killed my tried to kill my family is like a thing to be upset about. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Oh my god. Yes, I'm told it it was called Goblin Bane in the old tongue, but I just call it uh Moonshard. She's it again. Moonshard is a 
prettier name by far. She's like a little freaked out. <laughs> she's still a little freaked out, but she's glad that his sword has now been put away. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just sort of sitting here like, have I made things strange? Am I, am I, am I'm new to all of this. Perhaps, the, perhaps the, a bit. Was it the sword thing? <laughs> a little bit, yes. Um, also the mentioning of the, um, the killing of the family by one of my people. They didn't actually kill my family. I killed him very badly. The, okay. My bare hands, yes. Um, you do have particularly bear-like hands, it's true. <laughs> yeah, they look at these things, and he holds his hands up. It's the size of, like, your head. <laughs> and she sort of holds up one hand and, like, the, her palm and, like, the tips of her fingers are, like, glowing softly and it's, like, her her whole hand barely covers the, like, the, pa- the like, center pad, the palm of his big paw. Mm-hmm. Yes. Goodness gracious, that is very large hand. Paw. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, but this is actually important because, yes, elves have tried to kill me a lot of times. And they haven't super stopped, uh, even since I've become king. Goodness. Well, uh, I can see why that would be a problem. And I can see why- Yes, I was thinking, maybe we could get married and then that could stop. (laughs) She is just like, her mouth is open like she was about to say something and there are just no words. She's just like, I- I- I beg your pardon. You know, like a- like a- like an alliance. People's craftsmanship is is unparalleled, and yes, it is. I command all thirteen clans of goblins, ogres, hobs, trolls, bugbears, orcs. But between the two of us, we could create a bastion of prosperity across the land. Huh? She's like, just there's just no words. She's like, I see. Um. So I know you're new to the whole royalty thing, but usually when there is a, let's say, political marriage to be arranged, one goes to the parents of the one you intend to marry in order to begin the talks for peace. You don't just sort of go around all that. I mean, I'm sure that we would meet each other's parents at some point. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Oh, boy. Um, right. Right. I don't even know what to say here. Um, I think I've I think I've overstepped. My, this this is what I like. We're all right. You can keep the cloak because it's not actually all that cold to me. Uh, I think maybe Thank we can you. talk about this later uh, um. under more advantageous <laughs> situations. I will look into that parent thing you talked about. It still doesn't make any sense. It's not okay. that does that seems counterproductive because you're so, the person so that a we political would be- marriage usually comes after peace talks, not as the beginning of them. I would love to have peace between our peoples. Yes. Um, well, okay, we well, there we go. Circle back to this at a later point. All right. Yeah. Maybe. Sure. Um. Yeah. You can keep the. You can keep the cape. I. I appreciate it. It's very cold. <laughs> she just gets up and kind of sheepishly leaves. Amazing. Oh, oh, and she's just sort of sitting there in this puddle of fur. 
Like, what the fuck just happened? What a glorious <laughs> note to end the scene on. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. Oh well, my yeah. god. That was fucking incredible. Alright. Uh, Sam, it's your turn. Oh my god. Okay. Um, so I start by drawing two cards. Mm-hmm. Yep. One for the scene and one for the location. Okay. This is the scene card, the five of spades. Ooh, this could be an ensemble. Ooh. Everyone's there. And for the... So this is the scene that I just draw, drew. Mm-hmm. And for the location, it is the eight of spades. Interesting. Also the altar of winter. Oh, fun. So it is an ensemble scene with bellies full of nothing. So we're all waiting for dinner to happen, I guess. And the value is also as torchlights flicker. At the altar of winter. All right. So we're all waiting eagerly for the Lady Winter to arrive. We're all sort of... The altar is set up. There is a table spread in front of the altar. There is food piled high on the table. But we cannot start eating until Lady Winter arrives. And thus... With our bellies empty, we wait before the altar as night begins to fall and the torches are lit. Sam, are you going to play Maver in this? Or an NPC? I'm trying very hard to find the ensemble scene uh, list so I can read. There is a handout in Draw 20 if that's easier to find than scrolling through. I found it, but thank you. No worries. uh, Ensembles involve all of the characters. Like an interlude, the director determines the focus of the scene as well as the location. The director may preempt the scene as much as he likes, as much as they like. Uh, But once the ensemble starts, the players should let things develop organically. The director still has the right to call scene at any moment. Any player may override the director by spending one drama point to end the scene early or to extend the scene longer. I may take on the role of an NPC in the ensemble instead of my own character. Uh, And any of you guys can spend a drama point to take on the role of an established NPC instead of your own character. So... I think unless I want to spend a drama point, I should be playing Miva. Mm-hmm. You don't have to spend a drama point to play an NPC. Uh, I think it just said that I did. No, any player has to. Your director. Your director. Oh, yeah, okay. So you have the choice. So the director may take on the role of the NPC instead of their own character, but you guys have to spend a drama point to take an NPC instead of your own character. Got yeah. it. All right. Uh, let's. I'm going to play Miva. I think that's interesting. All right. So there's a table on the altar with lots of food on it. I think the table is like slightly in front of the altar. It's like the altar is like at the head of the table, basically. And then the table is, it's like where the lady would sit at the head of the table, you know? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the, are the gifts here? Are they like decorated around the throne waiting for her to arrive? Or what do we think? Yeah, I think all of our gifts are like, or, like, if the gift is, like, part of the table setting, like, Miva's cup is at the lady's table setting. And at some point, I guess, we must have all sort of formally declared our gift and placed it mm-hmm. around the altar. Uh, yeah, um, Kazdelian holds up his, the coin with, uh, like, a, like a, an imprint of his face on it and he says, there was more where this comes from. And he puts it down. He just, like, puts it down, like, on the seat of the altar, like... He puts it on, uh, like, next to her plate. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, so, but my question is, 
are we sitting? Or are we all just like in standing and waiting for her to arrive? I feel like we might all be sort of awkwardly seated at the table waiting for her arrival. Cool. You know, the whole like, we don't start eating until everyone's here and everyone's sitting down. Yes. Does that mean she's arrived at the court and we're waiting for her to get to this table? Like, I feel like her first arrival at the court is her entrance into this room. So, so do is. they do this every night? Sorry, Zach. Yeah, uh, this might, we, we might be like getting closer, like further into autumn. And it might be like, this is when we start doing this. Yeah, maybe it's the first night that we're doing it. <sighs> just Delia is sitting with his arms crossed and says, So what time is he supposed to get here? We do not know. That is why we wait. He turns to the other side and to Tala and he says, don't know at all? Unfortunately, no, but ceremony and tradition dictates that after the fourth autumn moon, mm. we lay out the table and okay. we wait. Speaking of ceremony and tradition, Dallin, do you heard this thing about marriage where you have to talk to someone's parents first? <laughs> Uh, I feel like on the other side of Tala, like, Timmy just, like, snorts. Um, <laughs> Miva's, like, got her head in her hands, like. <laughs> uh, and Tala just, like, raises an eyebrow. Says, Has somebody propositioned you for marriage? No, I'm trying to marry someone. And it's, like, it's very complicated. Such things usually are. And like, I think that they're just smiling like this was not what I was expecting to happen. But this <laughs> evening just got much more interesting and this is a very good distraction. Uh, I tell you, it didn't used to be complicated. It used to be. At least when I, back where I'm from, you can just marry whoever you want. Uh, you know, and it, was, it wasn't a whole deal. Remember? And <laughs> Pat's towel on the shoulder. Um. When one is royalty, you know, as royalty, uh -huh. things become a lot more complicated. It's sort of part of the whole deal. That's why we don't do royalty. Uh, uh, well, the unfortunate thing is that I needed to be royalty to even get into this room. So, mm -hmm. damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, I feel like Tala is smart enough to maybe make a connection, given that Miva's the one chiming in, but mm -hmm. uh, righteously chaos. So, who are you pursuing? I. No. Miva just sort of rolls her eyes. She's like awkwardly looking off to the side, looking like a little too bored, a little no, too on purpose. I, I know... I, that I don't know a lot, but I think that probably that is a secret. He looks at Neva. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. She just sort of like shakes her head and is like. <sighs> She doesn't say anything. She just sort of like is like, Ugh. I don't. I th that's. I don't know. 
I don't know anymore. I don't know I, anything. I, I think it's a secret. <laughs> I think just at this point, Tallery's just like grinning at Mava, quite frankly. Just like, this hasn't come up in our conversations before. Is this new, a new development kind of a face? Mava's just like, doesn't make a rude hand gesture because that would be impolite, but is like vaguely gesturing towards making a rude hand gesture. She's like, I want to flip you off, but I can't. But I'm really, really trying very hard not to flip you off right now. Kind of vibe. <laughs> Incredible. This is, um... Talks are being had. He's talks. Um, and I will not say any more. Yeah. Right. Glance between the two of you. Well, good luck with the negotiations, I guess. Thank oh, you. boy, you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Lord. This is a good game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, I've found the niche that, that Kazdalian uh, lives with. Mm-hmm. We need, this podcast can always use more invites. <laughs> is the thing. It's true. It's very true. I'm glad that there's more himbos here. So, does she show up tonight? On the first mm-hmm. night we're waiting for her? Absolutely not. I feel that that would be premature. So mm. we basically just sit around and wait for her to arrive for like two hours. The food is taken away. And a steward sort of what? Claps no, come hand, on, ha- claps his hand quietly and says, um, "A provisionary meal will be served downstairs in the court halls uh, in twenty minutes." And they walk off. Basically, it's like a less fancy meal that we all walk down to. Do after you this. believe that they just wasted a whole boiled goose? Um. Mm. I'm gonna, uh, cause I am a drama llama. How many goblins mm. that would feed back in the mountains? Mm-hmm. Uh, um. yeah, I'm spending a drama point to mm-hmm. introduce an NPC. Oh. Um, I need to quickly generate a name. My apologies. There's actually a list of names at the back of the NPC. Oh, there are, aren't there? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had forgotten. The part of me that like hates the idea of food waste wants to be like, oh, the servants will will eat the the meal that did not go to the queen. But mm-hmm. that's the part of me that is is speaking through Mister Mister Hrothgar here. <laughs> yeah, but like knowing this kind of like shitty is like thing is it's like, oh no, we'll put it out for like the fairies, and mm. you know, sure, it will feed someone. Don't you worry. She sort of awkwardly pats him on the shoulder, but like feels really weird about it. He just reaches like very barely high. brushes his fur. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, on, um, I think seeing this interaction, having been listening in, um, hmm, how exactly does he do this? Basically, the knight of the realm who's got beef is gonna uh, make some noise. Uh-huh. About this talk of marriage and um, <laughs> to the, and all that jazz. Uh, his name is uh, Atropos. Mm. Um, 
This is the Knight of the Realm. Knight of the Realm. Wearing his fancy armor. Mm-hmm. Which I imagine is not a comfortable thing to sit around at a dining table wearing for a few hours. No. Uh, <laughs> when you're already hungry. And then you're seeing um, one of your foes. The greatest villains you've ever known. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think he sort of scuffles a little uh, with his uh, guard, as it were. <laughs> the uh, the little, just like, bursts through them. Mm-hmm. And um, says this to Miva. I think there's this scuffling going on and he like hands his sword over to one of the guards. She's like, that's not what this is about. Um, <laughs> and sort of clangs over uh, in full plate as you oh. do to Miva. And it's just like, not only do you disrespect this great institution, it's probably his first time being here too. Um, <laughs> this young firebrand upstart. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but you consider to consort with the likes of him and shoots a dirty look over at Kazdelian. The likes of me? She sort of blinks and goes, I, I beg your pardon, do I know you? Have we met? He goes, he goes a little bit pink in the face, like with indignation. Uh, I feel like there's definitely some blonde flowing locks mm-hmm. here, like tosses the head a little <laughs> bit. Jamie Lannister. A little bit, or maybe a little bit, uh, because I watched a video essay about it the other day, cause I need something to fill my days. Uh, Griffin from Berserker. Oh, like, yeah. White blonde tresses, mm-hmm. like, uh, indignity. She's like, I am Sir Tropos and I serve the realm. Hmm. Uh, Lady Miva of the Elven Court. He um, does a stupidly over-the-top, like, proper chivalry rules bow. Um, she just sort of holds her hand out. It does a, does a very, very slight curtsy because she is far above this man. Um, he knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sir Atropos, he said. Yes, my lady. Um, it's very kind of you to worry about my safety, but I assure you, I can fend for myself. And she snaps her fingers, and the armor right over his butt gets really warm. <laughs> a little uncomfortably warm. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with heat metal. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't think he's... I think he's insulting. I'm aware. Oh, okay. And he starts backing up uh, because he's very uncomfortable now and is sort of like Mm. trying not to shift around. Uh, He is a knight. He's probably used to being uncomfortable. Yeah. uh, Dealing with pain. Because Delian's going to step forward and kind of lean over. Mr. Atrophy, you said (laughs) the likes of me? Would you mind explaining to me what the likes of me are. He will look all the way up at you, <laughs> given that he's, you got a couple of feet, like, even though he's probably very tall. Yeah, I mean, you're tall. You still got about two feet on him, if even if he's six foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he blinks. Uh, I think this is a test of his metal, mm-hmm. as it were. It's just like, a monster that doesn't know he's a monster is a piteous thing indeed. 
You're telling me, kiddo. How about you get Ooh. some mud on your boots before you come at me again? Uh, I think he looks like he's going to throw a punch and, like, the red court uh, guards sort of, like, get in there and, like, that's enough and just sort of, like, escort him mm-hmm. back uh, to Hold his rooms. Hold me back! Hold me back! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, that right. was unpleasant. What was his deal? It's a very good question. <laughs> I fear right. we'll never know the answer. <laughs> let's let's see what they got to eat down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. off. Is this scene? That's scene. That's going to be because like yeah. it's well, changing location. Yeah, oh, it's, well, it's 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 Sam's decision on when scene. Yeah, but oh, I yeah. would say yeah, that's scene. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, wow, we've actually done one of every kind of scene. Oh, right, that's Andy. nice. Oh, right. So, Sam, that was your first scene. All right, it is my turn to draw a scene. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with Kazdalian. <laughs> He's fun. He's amazing. I'm loving this. It's definitely interesting to, like, play Miva rather than just, like, thinking about how she would act. Mm-hmm. This is the Three of Spades. It's another ensemble. Oh, boy. And the six of spades. Do you want to keep both of those? Oh, yes. Okay. So it's an ensemble in which someone will bleed for my charity. Jeez. At the altar of winter beneath a blood red moon. Holy shit. Very sexy, very cool, very much in love with this. It's good. Yeah. Uh, Perhaps you can see why I'm like, hell yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. This might be maybe somebody else within the court is like, listen, the Goblin King wants to be here. The Knight of the Realm doesn't want him to be. There are ways to settle this disagreement. There might be some sort of, you know, uh, thing to do here. <laughs> Uh, who who else is here? Well, all the players have to be involved. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So maybe the red caps are agitating for um for combat for blood. Mm-hmm. Their hats are getting dry. I like the thought, like the blood moon rises as well, and it sort of like exacerbates that even more. Mm-hmm. The red caps are like running around the the court, saying, you know. The night wants blood. The night wants blood. Uh, let it be spilled so that our hats may grow wet. Gross and weird. Love it. That's red caps. Red caps got to keep their hats wet. Yep. They're red caps because their hats are, are, are woolen hats that they keep wet with blood. Uh, they're gross, weird fairies. Love it. Uh, and the father of autumn says, it is the end of the season and it is time for harvest. If the knight wishes to bet his life on his beliefs, and the king of goblins uh, accepts, then blood will be spilled. And I don't think we necessarily have to like play out a duel, mm-hmm. but we could do an ensemble of the two of you. Uh, okay, an ensemble is all of the characters. I think that's all of our characters. So yeah. maybe it's the two of you coming to me 
about how this is going to, if this is going to be a thing or not. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, are you fighting this dude? Yeah. Like the, cause the, cause the knight is like, yes, I am going to fight. We have to protect my honor. He, he's already disrespected me openly in front of the court. Uh, and so it's, you are trying to persuade or dissuade King Hrothgar from, uh, rising to the knight's challenge. And this is this is at the altar of winter, uh, beneath the blood red, red moon. I'm trying to think of like, because the thing is, is that like it's really obvious who's gonna win this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it ain't the knight. <laughs> <laughs> so, but how does Miva feel about it? Hmm. Uh, so I'll so we'll say we're like at the. There's been like an arena set up, like a dueling pit, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, on one side is the knight with his like squires, and he is like in his armor and like testing the sharpness of his sword and the metal of his shield. And on the other side uh, is King Hrothgar. Uh, in they're ba- like lock, they're basically like 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 open air locker rooms. Yeah, <laughs> he's got his hobgoblins there. Uh, and the troll is like sitting and like watching and picking his nose. Mm-hmm. Um, Frothgar is wearing his his battle suit, which mm-hmm. is a sleeveless breastplate, mm-hmm. uh, and like greaves and like he's got gauntlets on. He's got like um, like you know greaves to protect his legs, but he does his like shoulders are are free. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got those long bugbear arms, um, and he's got his. Elf sword, moon shard, uh, that glows in the night and the light of the moon. It is now red because the blood moon is up. Fuck yeah. I, I love the thought that either this room is, uh, open to the elements, um, or it's like a massive big skylight mm-hmm. that's just letting the moonlight, like, fill the space. The, the moon is like du- directly above, or it's like mm-hmm. it's like the moon is almost directly above, and when it is directly above is when the fight begins. Yeah, yeah, and like this red hue light is already sort of starting to spill over into the uh, into the fighting pit. Mm-hmm. It's not fully illuminated yet. Yeah. So how are Tala uh, and Miva feeling? I feel like Miva is sort of sitting, mm. you know, very demurely sitting with her with her little her little ankles crossed in this like. In the middle of all of these, like, you know, goblins and ghouls and such. Mm-hmm. In, no ghouls. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a king of the dead. I'm, they're all alive. They're all <laughs> alive. All right. So, you know, goblins and trolls and all sorts of, all sorts of big boys. And mm-hmm. she's just sort of, you know, she's here to root for you. Is she? Oh, okay. I feel like at this point, she's, she's got some fondness for this big, big dumb boy. Who apparently mm. wants to marry her. <laughs> she wasn't sure at first, but she's, she's coming around. And so, you know, she shows up, doesn't really say much, just sort of sits here, sits there down and goes, well, we all know who's going to win this. There's no point in even wishing you luck. She like looks at the fucking, the, the, the knight who's just like doing, you know, like squats or whatever. <laughs> yeah, squats in full plate. Um, and uh, Kazillion looks over and looks back and says, "Having luck is exactly what we need." What happens when I kill him? 
and the king of man rallies an army. Hmm. You don't have to kill him, you know. Teller just sort of strides in in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy might know a couple of them, just like up. <laughs> just like, hey, it's Della. <laughs> little fit does a does like forearm to forearm bump. It's probably <laughs> as big as like the ho- as if not bigger than some of the hobgoblins. Mm-hmm. There, like as I said, Teller ain't small unless like they're mm-hmm. stood next to <laughs> Castellian kind of oh, the, vibes. The big man, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Miva's just like she's like five two. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I hope I don't have to. Just cut off his legs, then he can't. I will. As long as you, <sighs> as long as you heal him fast enough, then it's fine. Mm. Is that what I'm expected to do here? I mean, I could as well. But you did fire. Elemental magic. That includes putting people's legs back on. Water magic sometimes can do that. It also. Well, we're not going to put his legs back on. She sort of like backs and she's like, oh, hold on. We're not putting his <laughs> legs back on. We're stopping him from dying of blood loss. Oh, okay. He can't and fight then... you. He doesn't have any legs. He's young, hot-headed, principled. It's not like I don't know what it's like. He's a fool. Mm. Most people are when they're young. Mm. Neva's like 400 years old. She doesn't understand this. She's like, mm, whatever. <laughs> what do you want, princess? Do you want blood? Uh, Tala will cock an eyebrow looking because uh, they're interested in how Neva's going to answer this question too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't deserve to die just for being stupid. I defer to whatever you wish to do. It is, after all, your fight, and you are the injured party in this. I don't know. He called you a lot of names, too. I've been called worse. So have I. What do you think, Tal? (sighs) I think a wounded animal is more dangerous than a dead one. And while I stand by that you don't have to kill him, a young man with a wounded pride is more likely to retaliate. Don't know it. Very true. Father Autumn may have given his blessing for this to happen. None here are going to dispute that. At least I don't think so. But maybe it's a lesson that he'll take to heart and be smarter and better for it. I can't say that for sure, though. Yeah. If there's the one thing we know for certain, it's the dead don't learn. Very true. Very true. She, she, Mima looks like she's thinking, she's like, you know, without arms, maybe, you couldn't fight back. Uh, and the, I think the Blood Moon reaches its apex, and the entire arena is awash in scarlet light. He says, that's my cue. Well, fight well. Yeah, I always do. Um... And Castellian, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. what do you do? I was gonna say, uh, Tala taps you like on the can re- probably reach up as far as they can to tap you on the shoulder, kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So it might be like close enough. Yeah. Um, I think you feel a little blossoming of warmth under their hand. They're casting some kind of spell, not like a unfair advantage kind of a vibe, but uh, you know, a little bit of wild magic. 
keep things interesting. <laughs> sure. Just keep things fun, uh, you know. You kind of cocks an eyebrow at, at Talon and says, "All right." Um, on the other side of the ring, the door, the gate is opened, and uh, the armored Sir Tropos uh, walks out. Uh, whereas Frothgar just vaults over it. Amazing. And he says, do you want to play Atropos still? I mean, I can do, sure. Do yeah. we also want to play this out? Because it, it, where can it say the scene ends? We don't have to play it like like play it out, but I do have I do know how. Oh, it ends. sure. So, All right. But I, we can at least have some like just, just some back and forth. Um, I'm trying to decide whether this is a two handed like berserker sword or whether he fights with a shield. I feel like it's shield. Yeah. All right. Long sword and shield. It is then. Does a good little twirl with the sword mm -hmm. around one hand. You sure about this, kid? You only get one life. And I will spend it doing what I know to be right. All right. Kazelian uh, draws his elf sword and tosses the sheath back uh, at his at his like stewards. It was a great sword to an elf, <laughs> and he holds it in one hand. Yeah. All right. Uh, and there's like you know a cool clash of steel. Uh, there's Kazelian, uh, for being so big, is a bugbear and is very light on his feet. Uh, and it gets to the point where he uh, uh, just like knocks away Sir Tropos's shield, and it goes flying and like embeds in the mud. Mm -hmm. And Atropos swings his sword, thinking he's got an opening, uh, mm. only for Kazelian to catch it with his bare hand. His bare hand, sorry. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so Kizdelian's like got the sword. He's like holding it like just above the hilt uh, with mm -hmm. the blade and his blood is streaming down. And he um, he looks Atropos in the eyes. He looks down and he says, what color is that? And it's red blood coming mm -hmm. out of, his, of him. And he says... Remember, the worst kind of monster is one who doesn't know he is. Uh, and then he just headbutts Atropos' <laughs> helmet and knocks him unconscious. Amazing. Amazing. Love it. Love it. Good shit. Um, All right. And he, he, blood is spilled. Mm -hmm. uh, the red caps are annoyed but sated. Mm -hmm. And the blood moon sets. Dope. All righty. Yes, on me. All right. So our scene, or our next scene, is uh, a vignette. Uh, black dogs howl, and then it's your name in brackets. So Tala's name. I'm not sure. I think I'll check, but maybe. So and the location, the throne room uh, again under a blood red moon. Oh. Maybe this happened the same night. Mm. We could we could fuck with the with the timeline and have this happen before the duel. Mm. Alright. Just quickly reading over the thing. Because uh, vignettes are a good opportunity to show what else is going in the story that doesn't involve the main characters. Ooh, okay. So Okay, I got something. I got something. Alright, alright, oh, alright. Alright, alright, alright. 
This, is, this also doesn't have to involve Tala. Uh, no, is... no, it doesn't. What this is, is uh, after the fight, uh, the blood moon still lingers. This is a different part of the palace, and there's uh, the, the red court, uh, the light uh, shining in to the throne room. And uh, it is Sarah Tropos, just, uh, I think, walking back and forth, clearly pissed, but also frustrated. And I think he looks very young in this mm. moment. Like, the armor's probably gone. This is like the gambeson and the leggings. I don't know what they were on the bottom half of the armor underneath your plate. Probably leggings. Leggings, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Breaches. Breaches. Couldn't, didn't know the correct pronunciation of she, but I managed to get something right about armor. Wicked. And um, I'm trying to decide if... Because I kind of know what uh, the black dog often refers to um, in like mythology. It's um, as much a sign of death as anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think... Oh, here we Okay. There is this sound of... Um, what sounds like howling and he sort of whips around like the hair flowing out behind him and ice starts to spread like blossoming over the throne itself which I imagine sort of made of stone and you know the way that sort of um, ice crystals fall on window panes and stuff like that that sort of snowflakey kind of yeah frost flowers start to blossom over throne and the howling gets louder now there's no mistaking that's that that's not the wind and from out behind the throne steps lady winter she's been here for a long time and she is tall and her eyes are piercing and she looks down at uh and like takes hold of his uh, chin and you can see the skin automatically like, getting that, that frostbitten look just to her touch and she just says to him a pity and uh, walks down through the throne room and like the frost flowers blossoming underneath each step like a really upsetting version of I've forgotten her name from Frozen Elsa? Elsa. Elsa. Yeah, like a very upsetting version of that. And uh, the door opens for her and then slams shut again. And that howling does not go away. Boy. So is is Atropos... I think it's... He's marked. He's Ice Boy now. Yeah. Not quite a K in the Ice Queen, Mm -hmm. uh, in the Snow Queen vibe, but uh, yeah. Uh, kick ass. Thank you. All right. That's a vignette. She's here. She's mean. She means business. Sam. Oh, it's my turn again. It is. Exciting. Samwise. That's me. I'm Samwise. Okay. The scene is a vignette. Of an end to tyranny. An end to tyranny. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And the location is the Altar of Winter under the auspices of Ravens and Crows. Ooh. Oh. <gasps> ta, ta. Hey, All right. Interesting. Yeah. So this is your vignette. So you have full control over it. Full narrative control. Scary. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
So, I feel like this scene is going to be, what was it, Father Autumn? Mm-hmm. Handing over, you know, the scepter, the throne, to Lady Winter. Perhaps not quite tyranny, but the end of his reign for the year. Perhaps it's not so much a gentle handing over as it is a mock battle. Because this happens every year, it's a well-crafted dance. It happens, you know, year after year. It is expected, but it is a dance with blades. They are fighting, quote-unquote, in a sort of ceremonial attire. As they dance around each other, Father Autumn is pushed back. He's defeated until he kneels before Lady Winter and holds up the scepter that is also a sword, where Lady Winter can take it, and it blooms into these flowers of frost that follow her footsteps, until it is this very wicked-looking, sharp blade with covered in spikes and points. And I think that's the whole vignette. Oh, the ravens and crows are there. And they're... they're, they're and, and there's ravens and crows. They're there. <laughs> and they go. Maybe the ravens and crows are the only witnesses to this. Yeah. Or it could be carry... like. Hmm? I was going to say it could be like she stabs them and then a bunch of them fly into the air. Yeah. Hmm. Something like that. Hmm. And he spends the year recovering until he comes back next autumn. Hmm. All right. That's my second scene. That's your second scene. We want to go around again? Oh, no. Yeah, that, that was just one thing. Um, mm. So we could, uh, but this could be a very good point for a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And we could play a ga- another game. We could do another episode of this? Or another, we could do no. Another session of this to, yeah. to, to do it. Finished. Sure. Uh, um, let's, uh, let's do an outro. All let's right. Let's do an outro. Uh, this has been a follow later. Uh, join us when we return to the Red Court and the Lady of Winter beginning her, uh, Lady Winter beginning her reign. Playing mm-hmm. with me today has been, uh, Zachary. Uh, you can, oh, my name is Zachary Fredrickson. You can find me on Twitter at God, and you can find my music at imbugbear.bandcamp.com. Calm. See, I told you. Bugbears. <laughs> uh, S- Sam? Yeah, and I've been Sam. You can find me on Twitter at SAKalo, and you can find the other podcasts that I do at Kitty Cat War Crimes, uh, KCWC Pod on Twitter, and Kitty Cat War Crimes wherever you find podcasts. That's K C W C, right? Yes. Did I say it Is wrong? It- no, it almost sounded like you said KC, like the name, and then oh. WC. No, it's KCWC Pod. Cool. Kitty Cat War Crimes. <laughs> Do you want to explain what that is for people that maybe don't know? It is a Warrior Cats rereading <laughs> podcast. We are rereading Warrior Cats, and we are talking about it. And two of us have read the books before, and one of us has not. What's the what's the episode to book breakdown? Is it like a book per episode or is it like a chapter of a book? It's um, half a book per episode. So it's 12 chapters-ish. I see. 
All right. Yeah. Um, we were originally cool. going to do a whole book per episode, and then we were like, this sucks. Let's do half a book per episode. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> sure. Um, and I have and continue to be Jade. You can find me on Twitter at JadeOxfordRose. You can find the show at FTLcast and at FTLcast.com. You can also hear me on Dumb Kids Playing Hero, uh, wherever you find your podcasts. And you can check out our best friend podcast, uh, The Room Where It Happened. They're all awesome and deserve your listens if you aren't already doing so. And maybe you'll hear more of us on that. Maybe. Maybe. By the, by the time this episode goes out, that may have already happened. I'm that not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Time um, <laughs> is long. Timing is weird, and we don't know when our episodes go out. And, and speaking of time being weird and long, let's go to time.is and do a clap. Yep. Yes. It's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!